PayPal if you platform people, MasterCard, which is the processing behind a lot of these systems, they've deplatformed people, you're gone. You cannot take money anymore. And the only thing left is obviously Bitcoin. Hello there from Bedford in the United Kingdom, the Bitcoin mecca of the world. How are you all? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by the Mighty Kraken, the best place to buy, sell and trade Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got an interview with the podfather, Mr. Adam Curry, where we're going to be discussing how he is going to revolutionize podcasting with the lightning. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. So first up today, we have BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services. Now, with BlockFi, you can open up an interest account and start earning interest on your Bitcoin. I am a customer. I've been a customer for about a year now. I've earned over one Bitcoin at interest, which is super cool. But also with BlockFi, using your Bitcoin as collateral, you can take out a USD loan. And you can also fund your BlockFi account directly from your Bitcoin wallet. And with the BlockFi mobile app, you can now fully manage your account on the go. With so much more coming this year and next year, BlockFi are going to continue to crush it. If you're interested in checking them out, I recommend you do your own research. Then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. Okay, next up, we're going to talk about the mighty, mighty Kraken, my favorite place for buying and selling Bitcoin, the only place I use for buying and selling Bitcoin. And why? You want to know why, right? They are consistently rated the best and most secure cryptocurrency exchange, and security is really important to me but they also have the best in class in customer service. So if you have any issue and you reach out to them, whoever you are, wherever you are, they're going to get that fixed for you. And if you want to start trading Bitcoin, they have every tool you could possibly need. Whatever your level of experience, if you sign up at Kraken.com, it could not be easier to start trading Bitcoin. They also have a beautiful mobile first app so you can trade Bitcoin on the go. And with their margin trading, futures and OTC desk, They have every option covered for you. There is no better place to trade Bitcoin and you can find out more at Kraken.com or download the app. It's available for the iPhone and Android. Just search for Kraken Pro, which is K-R-A-K-E-N-P-R-O. Okay, so on to the show today and I have the man who started it all, one of the creators of podcasting, Mr. Adam Curry. So back in the early 2000s, Adam, along with David Weiner, created what we know now as podcasting and he even got a call from Steve Jobs about it. Since then, it has blown up into an industry that's projected to be worth over a billion by next year, and it is an industry which I now work in, so thank you, Adam. You're amazing. Appreciate you, man. Okay, nearly 20 years after creating podcasting, Adam is again attempting to revolutionize the industry, and he wants to use Bitcoin and the Lightning Network to allow payments and micropayments to be made to content creators using their new platform, podcast index so it's pretty pretty cool that the man who created podcasting is now bitcoin he is now one of us so it's really cool to sit down and talk to adam hear some of the history of podcasting and also to talk about bitcoin and if you enjoy this you've got any questions you want to reach out to me my email address is hello at what if you do reach out i pretty much reply to everyone unless they send me some weird nonsense outside of that go and check out my other show defiance part two of chaos is out <laughs> perfect name really for everything that's going on with the u.s elections but yes part two is called follow the leader and it's all about leadership i've got a bit in there about john mccain got a bit about leadership stars definitely worth checking out check out the reviews on youtube it's been pretty good so far that's available at defiance.news outside of that have a great weekend and i will see you all next week anyway man how are you you well i'm good we're recording we're live yeah, it's good, good to get Good to get you on, man. I've wanted to talk to you for a while. Um, 
And then Dennis, thank you, Dennis, got in touch. Dennis and Parker, said, Parker, man, he's my Bitcoin guru. He, he is the man. Uh, good guy, Dennis. Well, listen, look, we, there's a lot to talk about, but I, the funny, funny coincidence. I um, I went back and listened to your interview with Rogan earlier. Mm-hmm. Which one, one the, the first one or the second one? The second, the second one. And oh, the funny okay. thing is uh, one of the first things you spoke about was vaccines. And now we've well, had this big... Joe brought that up. I didn't bring that up. Joe brought up vaccines. I was like, okay, first 15 minutes, we're going to touch the third rail. Yeah, well, we've got to do it again today now because we've had this big announcement. Yes. Big announcement. Would you take a vaccine? Uh, No, probably not. Uh, but let's just talk about the announcement first. The announcement, I mean, there's two things going on with... Well, there's three things going on. One, um, the media has uh, called the uh, the winner of yep. our presidential election, which, by the way, we gave them that right decades and decades ago. So, you know, votes have never really been fully tallied, I guess. It's like whatever computer models figure out, you know, oh, well, there's no way that if these counties come in, that this state can still go to that candidate. It's kind of the same stuff they use for the original uh, uh, Imperial College models for a coronavirus where two million people would die. You know, probably the same stuff they use to calculate uh, man-made climate change and all that. Anyway, so they that's not completely done yet, but the the media gave their push, the uh, first time I've ever seen, I'm 56, um, before uh, the president had delivered a concession speech, so before he admitted he had lost, which is atypical, I don't think I've ever seen that, mm-hmm. um, but the... But what, what I've learned from this uh, COVID case-demic is that it's very easy to ratchet that up or down just by sending out new PCR assays with a lower cycle count, and then you get less cases. And now, miraculously, just on the, on the perfect timing, Johnson & Johnson says, oh, we've got a vaccine coming, and the market reads that as, Joe Biden won, Wall Street likes it. So it's very, very interesting to see how that's being how that's being worked. I mean, it's it's a beautiful time to be a podcaster, Peter. Well, yeah, look, it is a beautiful. Firstly, thank you, because I, I have a career based on what you set out and did for everyone. And we should get into that as well. But but I was I was reading it because I was like, um, you know, especially when you're in this Bitcoin world, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists. And, and, oh, consp- yeah. and dude, the stuff sells, man, like. It's very tempting as a podcaster to to give air to a lot of that stuff because it sells. People love it. And when you debunk bullshit, people aren't that interested. But I did think about this. Um, I even put out a tweet said, all right, conspiracy theorists, one, two, three, timing of this. But actually, I was thinking about it as well. Like, if they'd have announced it a week ago, I think that that would have thrown a spanner into the works for the election. And then there would be other conspiracies about that. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. The this is the world we live in, and this is what the internet has brought us is is total lack of central authority, which is mm-hmm. kind of the whole point. So you know, seeing as we're humanoids and we still possess tailbones, this is a lot for us to process how this works. You know, especially for you know, in my generation, I mean, we grew up where your phone was wired to the wall and your television was wireless, had an antenna on top. And now it's, you know, it's completely changed. We've witnessed pre-internet and, and the internet age. It's when you're looking for some kind of authority to say, hey, here's what it is. You know, there is just no Dan Rather anymore. That would be in the U.S. Um, that is going to sit there and say, this is what it is, America. And we all believe it. 
So now our minds are just going nuts with 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 all this processing. You know, the genie's out of that bottle. You know, I don't think that's ever coming back. Even though yeah. the media, the mainstream media, continuously tries to maintain that messaging system, which uh, has always kind of traditionally been the elite messaging system. You know, I lived in the UK for five years. You know, you see how it works. You get you know. Uh, Auntie, uh, do an interview with the Beeb, and uh, and you're good to go. And then uh, do one or two choice newspapers. Stay away from the rest, and uh, and you've got your message out, you know. And that's that is falling apart because people, I think people always like the like you said, you know, they like the conspiracies. They also like danger. They don't necessarily want to be always be in a safe a safe place where the information is all good and sanitized for your protection. Uh, so this is to me, it's all human behavior, and you know. Hopefully, my kids will have mastered how to navigate these these waters of information by the time they're you know, middle aged. Well, I was thinking about the Pfizer. I mean, they they must have known a while back. They must have known for a while how successful these trials were going. But if I was there, I'd be sitting there thinking, "Look, if we release this now, we'll be accused of influence the ele- influencing the election." I don't of think course. it reverses. I don't think it works as like the other way around. They're saying, "Well, you should have released it to help with the election." I think. I think they would have been accused, and they don't need that shit storm, right? They just it, it it really doesn't matter if it had been if it had been released a week ago before the election. The message would have been, "Don't you dare try that Donald Trump vaccine because that is real. That's bad news, baby. You can't you can't be a part of that." I mean, come on, Kamala Harris was saying this literally. So, you know, I I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that was fightable. Now, when it yeah. comes to vaccines itself. Uh, I was vaccinated when I was a child. I uh, inherently have nothing against the technology. Uh, I did learn a lot in the, um, and when we just started doing the show around 2007, 2008, there was a big conference. Uh, I think it was uh, either a Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan, and it was mm-hmm. a pharmaceutical conference. And, you know, the internet was just kind of really out there and available, and you could read all the reports. And I looked at this conference, and it was clear that the future of uh, the medical industry was going to be uh, vaccines. And for a while there, we had vaccines coming up you know, against smoking addiction, about cocaine addiction, which of course is not really the definition of a vaccine, but these were all you know, different things to you know, either SSRI oriented to mess with your brain. Now this new one, the one that has gone through a successful trial is something we've never done before, which is an mRNA vaccine, mm-hmm. which functions quite differently than the traditional get the virus, cultivate it in an egg, inject it, you know, boost the immune system or teach the immune system to ward this off. So there's a lot to unpack in that. And there's been no real explanation or discussion of it. You know, we haven't seen our scientists, experts come out and talk about it in any great depth. So I'm skeptical in general, but the, uh, I've been skeptical of um, adjuvants that are in vaccines, which are kind of like this hamburger helper, which amplifies the effect. But that often contains, well, the thimerosal, which is sometimes um, used as preservative. There's mercury. And that's what Robert F. Kennedy Jr., that's how he kind of got involved in, uh, in the vaccinations. And he's not anti-vax. He's you know, pro-safe vaccines. And, you know, no vaccine is going to be 100% safe, but we've seen some weird crap. You know, this was going to be the big bonanza, according to these financial guys. And you don't need any indemnity. You are indemnified. You can't get sued for for a bad vaccine. This is, you know, contrary to any other medical procedure or medicine or device that we have. 
And then we saw it with the HPV. This was a very odd, you know, push, which very expensive, requires two shots, lots of girls getting sick, uh, all kinds of weird uh, side effects. And then they just kept pushing, man. It's like, you got to have, boys got to have it. And it's like, okay, you know, so you, you got to question that stuff. And I think that's kind of where they broke the, the trust. A lot of mothers went, no, 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 I'm, I'm not into this. I'm not, I'm not giving this to my daughter. Yeah, it's a really tricky one because we have like here in the UK, we have this kind of like anti-vax crowd in their kind of Facebook groups. Um, but the kind of we've essentially eradicated measles, mumps and rubella here. And mm-hmm. we had, did, I think, I think it was like last year, we started to see a resurgence of, um, I think it was the mumps or was it measles, one of the two. And I MMR, was kind of like, it's, all, it's all baked into one. It's the mumps, yeah, yeah. And the measles, rubella. But, but what? No, but one of the diseases. I think it was the. I think it was measles. We started to see a resurgence of measles when it had essentially mm-hmm. been eradicated, and it was based on the fact that people were starting to not vaccinate their children. There was a fear of autism connections that happened, but that was debunked. And I, I get why people are kind of like a little bit fearful. I've I've had every vaccine. I've had every vaccine when I travel abroad. I will be cautious about this one, but at the same time, I want to see my dad. I've not seen my dad in nearly a year. Like my dad's the kind of guy. If he gets coronavirus, he's gonna die. He smokes. He's got uh, lung conditions. Like he's gonna die if he gets coronavirus. Uh, but I want to see him. And like, if they said you had to take this to go and see him, I, I, I would take it. And I know some of the conspiracy people would be like, "Well, you fucking idiot." But I would, man. Well, the pro- the problem for me is not the vaccine. The, you know, the yeah. vaccine may be effective, and you know, I don't. I've never taken a flu vaccine either, and I don't get the flu. And maybe one day I will. And who knows? You know, and. In 2018, 2019, um, several people I know died of pneumonia after contracting the flu. John Perry Barlow, uh, you know, uh, of the EFF, he literally got the flu. It was a really bad flu that year, and he died from it. Because, uh, you know, as you're older and heart attacks, and, like, you know, I'm sure your dad's in that situation. I haven't seen mm-hmm. – my daughter lives in Rotterdam. I haven't seen her for a year either, and I'd love to see her. Mm. The issue is um, not the uh, vaccine. It's the health passport. This is the bullshit that is the problem. Uh, and this is really what coronavirus brought us two things. One is we will somehow have to prove that we've had our proper shots and that will start. Of course, you know, once you have it, um, it's going to start with the, the coronavirus uh, vaccine and then it will be expanded to other things. And you will literally be restricted from going places unless you've been tested, have had the vaccines. Uh, it'll, you know, it's, it's obviously started with an app on your phone that's going to, you know, have its natural course as to how that's going to be tracked going forward. But I, I think that that is a real problem. And the second problem, which we also just let it happen, we lost cash. Cash is gone. It's over. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm sure we've all heard the rumors of FedNow and my God, the QFS, it's so magical. Not only can it save the, the world from swift and transactions and brings central bank the digital coins in the play, but it can also track uh, voting ballots in America. That's magical. Uh, so there's that. But clearly the CBDCs are coming up. Everyone's talking about it. And mm-hmm. um, a, a fabulous move that was made this past week was the blocking of the Ant IPO, which was going to be arguably the largest digital payment system ever ever seen in the world uh, from Alibaba, from Jack, Jack Ma. And uh, apparently the, uh, the, the Chinese government said, no, 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 you can't list that. That's not going to happen. 
likely out of fear that it would compete with the the Chinese renminbi or whatever the digital renminbi they're going to put out. Let me ask you on something like that. So when you talk about the health passport, because look, I know it's obviously coming. I I know that other countries are going to be want to keep coronavirus out. They want to know if you've been vaccinated. I kind of get it on a practical level why it's coming. But you, do you think it's just? Do you believe there's like this big kind of conspiracy of governments to be able to track every part of us or do you think this is just like a natural evolution of how things just happen right so we have a virus okay we need to deal with it right well we need to prove nobody's got it right and and it's just this this gradual slip rather than some big conspiracy well first of all when i say digital passport this is not about, about going to other countries this is about going into the movie theater into a sporting event into your work into your mm-hmm. school anywhere you want to go you will have to scan a code be scanned um, we've already become used to that. We've already been told masks, um, you know, so we're compliant. The conspiracy is out in the open. I mean, it's called the World Economic Forum. They're not shy about it. They put the Great Reset right up front. Yep. Um, for months, ever since I saw Joe Biden's Build Back Better campaign, uh, I tracked this, and this has been used by the Prime Minister of um, New Zealand, it has been used by the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, it has been used by your Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Uh, now the transition website is Build Back Better. This is the World Economic Forum. These are the banking elites. This is the party of Davos. This is the douchebags from Davos who want to reset the currency. There's a lot of stuff going on that we're not privy to or is not being reported on with gold, who has the gold, Where you know repatriation of gold. They want a reset. The IMF said they want a new Bretton Woods. 140 countries signed on to it. Now, mm-hmm. this is not as important, obviously, as the U.S. election for the news media, uh, but it's a real story. And Bretton Woods is where uh, the, the United States dollar was pegged to the gold, uh, to the uh, pegged to gold. So things are definitely happening. And when you see these people calling for the Great Reset, and what that's going to mean, just go look at the w, WEFforum.org. Um, this is no secret. And this is a serious group. You know, they, the Davos conference is covered every single year. Everyone goes there. And last year, you might recall, President Trump went there and said, you guys suck. The future is patriotism, not globalism. And immediately, you know, they, they set their plans in motion. This is this is if you think governments governments don't control what happens in the country it's the it's the money it's the banks it's the money people they control it they they mm-hmm. ultimately control not ultimately ultimately the people control which clearly the US has not been able to prove that yet <laughs> that we don't that we reject the the party of davos but it's not a conspiracy it's it's all there i mean and it's not secret yeah but what i'm thinking is like some of this stuff is it like a natural are there like natural occurrences is it like natural evolution of like the merger of state and technology and situations because they want they want because I, I i don't imagine boris johnson sat around a desk with with his cabinet thinking right here we here we go we've got a co- chance to control the people i think what he's thinking they're thinking is like we we need to get people into cinemas and into pubs and we need to stop the spread of coronavirus and this is the best way to do it but that needs leads to a natural like scope creep of what they can use the technology for. First of all, let's just let's just say that you know maybe this coronavirus is not something that needs to be approached that way. I fundamentally okay. disagree with the premise that this has to be stopped. Look at the actual numbers. Look at the actual percentages of death. 
compare that to anything else. I mean, this to me is like, yeah, there's uh, in the United States, 300,000 people a year die in traffic accidents. Stop driving, no cars. No, you have to be able to assess your own risk. But when you're, when you're given the idea that you have, you have tested positive, which a PCR is not a test, but it's being used as a test, uh, which that immediately, according to media terms, means you're infected, you're sick, you're a case, you can't, you, know, you can't do anything, you have to stay home, even if you're completely asymptomatic. Honestly, this is a new type of cold, a flu, that kills people because it always does, but everything else has been exaggerated, and this is just being used. I mean, argue, wouldn't you say that the HIV-AIDS crisis was much scarier that you could die from having sex. Uh, do yeah. You know sex? You know, we said wear a condom, be careful. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'd probably have more chance of getting coronavirus than having sex, to be honest. So I'm, I'm, a, bit, <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit more worried about uh, coronavirus. I mean, like, <laughs> line of the day. Yeah. Touché. But, uh, well, yeah, but the thing is about the, the, the thing about uh, AIDS, unless it was, um, you know, the different ways of contracting uh, HIV, you know, shared needles but sex certainly but at least people, when people understood what it was um and i wasn't in you know san francisco when it first happened i've watched uh, a film about it but i'm sure people very early on were very scared what what is this disease that's killing people but people started to realize that you could protect yourself you know you could use contraceptives you could protect yourself um and there are you know it's the the i i think the you know, the spread is very different from like coronavirus whereby you, know, you can go into a pub and sit next to 10 people and you can all catch it and maybe you can go home and make grandma sick. I, th I, th I think there's some differences. I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I don't know much about these PCR tests. What, what's the deal with that? Well, I've done extensive reporting on this. Yeah. PCR is a, is a process. This actually was invented and used to diagnose HIV uh, by the same people, Dr. Fauci, Deborah Burks, uh, all, the, all the same people. By the way, we don't have a vaccine for HIV. It's not cured. There's nothing, nothing really changed. We spent hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. And if you go back, you can kind of read a lot. Go, go back and look at the Village Voice, Michael Musto, how, how incredibly pissed off the gay community was at the same people because they just squandered money, came up with nothing. I'd still have to reject your premise. Uh, even the way you speak, you're, you're speaking in program, programmed sentences. You know, I can go to the pub, I, 10 people can get sick, I can go home and kill my grandma. Yeah, you've, yeah. Been, you've been conditioned to think this. You can have the same thing happen with a regular cold. Uh, you always have to be careful with that. Elderly people have to be careful. Care people have to be careful who have that, uh, secondary or underlying conditions. That's a fact of life. But to shut down the world for it is absolutely more destructive than the coronavirus itself. It, oh, no, the numbers I'm, yeah. are coming out everywhere. Yeah, so I'm, I've been coming to that conclusion. So early on, I spoke to one of my friends who's a, um, he's a, a doctor in one of London's biggest hospitals. I actually did an interview with him. And I think what has happened is early on it was quite scary because – what we saw were videos coming out of China of people like dying in the street. Thank and you. Was, yeah. And this, and the New York Times wrote a piece that mm. that bots on Twitter were targeting Italy with these very videos of people falling down dead in the street. You mm -hmm. never saw that again. You never saw it happen in the UK. You never saw it in the nope. U. You never saw anyone fall down dead on the street. Nope. And the same thing happened with the with the video coming out of China, TikTok, 
of uh, the Chinese central bank cleaning the money because the dirty coronavirus was on it. And then what did you get? Shit, let's not use money, everybody. Let's, ooh, let's all use our cards. Let's, although I think a lot of people already use uh, digital payment methods, but now they, that was just, they just finished it off. It's done. Yeah. It'll never come back. Yeah, but but so that came, and then what happened was he said when it first when they had the first spike, they they had the intensive care ward was overrun, and he said it was overrun with people with breathing difficulties, and people were dying, and they were scared, and there were hold yeah. on, and they were incorrectly throwing these people on ventilators. This is now yeah. also universally recognized that they killed a lot of people because that was not the right thing to do for what was happening. And where did those recommendations come from? From the World Health Organization. Yeah, I think I think it's isn't it dependent on the stage you're at? Because I know they're still using ventilators uh, for certain like certain progression of. I think it's if they use it too early, it's too dangerous. Am I not it, right it, in thinking it's, that? It's not, it's not even the right condition for for that type of procedure. And I've heard yeah. this from technicians, from uh, trainers who train people, uh, and also look at look at what happened. Hundreds of thousands of ventilators were made, and they were barely used. We're shipping them all over the place. Yes, uh, you know, just on, the, on ICUs, hospital wards in general, hospitals are run like airlines. They really want to have as many available beds filled as possible. And so the hospital could be a huge building. They have X amount of space that they're using for uh, different types of illnesses, ICUs. You have a separate COVID ICU. So you always want to run that around 90%. Uh, so when you get a spike, you have to have some ways to adjust for that. Mm-hmm. But that spike came and went very quickly. And everywhere, NHS as well, people were, were recording TikTok videos. They were so damn bored at their job, there was nothing to do. Actually, this protects the NHS. Has be, the NHS has been destroyed. And I think Boris, Boris Johnson got a talking to when he went into the hospital. Yeah, the behold well, Bill Back Better thing. Yeah, he's a different guy. He came out a different guy. I saw it. So the hospital thing, actually, there's one thing that um. So what happened was some people started showing videos in the um the hospitals of you know people who like empty rooms and things weren't busy. What they actually did is um because I used to volunteer in a hospital, they cleared out um, uh, as many of the hospitals as they could, and what they were doing because the first bike was in London, the outskirts were the overflow. So the reason there was empty hospitals on the outskirts is they weren't meant to be the overflow from london when the london cases got too big and a couple of the hospitals did reach peak but but at the same time like i understand the panic and concern early on because people didn't know what they're dealing with i think they know what they're dealing with a lot better now and i i mean i i was massively against this second lockdown because i i don't think it's effective and i'm with you it causes too much damage but what i guess i want to ask you then is if we had the videos coming out of china and we had the money being cleaned what do you th- what do you think is going on, and, and and who's coordinated in this, or is this a single strategy? F- f- do you believe China wants to move everybody onto C- CBDCs? So, um, China was never discussed really, except the Obama administration had their pivot to Asia when we started to do a lot more. They were led into the World Trade Organization. The only person who was railing against China for two decades, for twenty years, was Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. So. He brought that to the forefront, and the trade tariffs were desperately needed because it is horrific what has happened to the United States with our manufacturing. So I don't think there's any argument there. You can have a different philosophy. The globalist view is have all the 
manufacturing done where the true slaves are, India, Pakistan, China, do that. Um, that's not necessarily a good strategy for every sovereign country. But if you look at how deep they have penetrated, and I can't speak for the UK, but I'm sure it's very similar. They have taken over our sports. They own the NBA. They own it. Um, they own a lot of uh, sports in general. NFL is another another issue. They own Hollywood. They own what the NBA. They they own what the NBA can say. <laughs> yes. Well, King James is China's bitch. He has to say <laughs> what they tell him to say. That's a big deal. Uh, we, they are. They've completely overrun. Uh, Hollywood, most of the studios are in China. Most of the movies have to be made with Chinese norms in mind. Uh, they own all the theaters in the United States. That business will probably be gone. Uh, they have huge investments in social media, in Twitter, in Reddit. Academia, they are everywhere in every college and middle school with the Confucius Institutes. And there's obvious uh, connections to political operatives and, and politicians everywhere, right down to the governor level. So do I think that it's possible that China was on a mission to fuck us? Yes, absolutely. And I and when I say China, I don't mean the Chinese people, obviously, but the Chinese Communist Party seems to be a real problem. And and the media, my goodness, man, the New York Times and the Washington Post both were inserting the China Daily twice a week into the newspapers delivered to your door, paid for by the CCP. They stopped doing that because it became a little weird for them, but they were mm -hmm. doing that for years. So, yeah, I think China very possibly, very possibly uh, launched this or it got out by accident. Uh, I think it's pretty well recognized it didn't come from a bat, that it seems like all evidence points towards a lab that was doing this kind of work in Wuhan. Uh, and they uh, took certain steps to protect themselves and not protect the rest of the world. I am all in on that, and uh, and the evidence supports it. Ooh, right. And and along with that comes total dominance. So yeah, of course, they own a lot of the U.S. debt. They have a lot of leverage there. Uh, they can devalue their currency easily. For them, the easiest way to do that moving forward is what everyone is going to do: is have a a, a digital coin, a, a, a digital a sovereign digital coin. And, uh, you know, with 16 digits after the, the decimal point and devalue everybody's money while they're looking right at the numbers, you know, just let it tick down one at a time. It seems like the logical progression. Well, this is why we need Bitcoin then, brother. <laughs> well, thank you. It was really I was very against Bitcoin. At one point I had 65 Bitcoin, I think, and I sold them all at nine hundred dollars or something. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That's when I got um, in about nine hundred dollars. Right. So I re-entered the market uh, around 4,000. Still good. Um, yeah. Uh, and that was really thanks to Dennis Parker. You know, he just kept hammering at me and was very polite about it until I finally, well, it was not, I'd, I'd studied it long enough to see the progression. I'm like, okay. And once you kind of study it, now I'm not an economist uh, or mathematician, but the things that have been predicted since day one, uh, a decade ago have come true with Bitcoin, and it's undeniable that uh, you can use it to transfer value in a trustless situation. You know, you can, you can that that is is bigger than the financial part. You know, the and, and if you want to talk about where the true threat is coming from, Bitcoin has proven that you don't need a trusted man in the middle for something of value to transfer from one party to the next. Well, let's go. Let's go back a step. Sorry. 
Sure. If you if you if you sold in, till, uh, do you say two thousand and sixteen? About was it? Yeah. When did you first get in? Oh, uh, people were sending me Bitcoin when it was when it was you know just started. It had just oh, wow. started. Yeah. So I was getting all kinds of Bitcoin, and I, I didn't know what to do with it. You know. So you, I, you I never looked it. at it. Yeah, I did the same. I ignored, I it. Same. I ignored it, and people were like, "You should take Bitcoin from the show. You should take Bitcoin as donations." Now that that's really where it became a problem for me because I said, "No, we can't do that." There's a couple reasons. One, I can't pay my rent with it, so I still have to convert it to to dollars, and there's all kinds of risk and fees, and it's not really beneficial to us. The biggest problem, honestly, which is still a problem, is uh, Internal Revenue Service. How, I mean, will they look at that and say that was an investment, which is the current thinking? So you cash that in, you had it invested. What did you buy it at? Well, I didn't buy it, it was given to me. All kinds of problems. It's that is the worst part of, uh, of the situation we're in right now. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until actually, it, it, my daughter lives in Rotterdam, as I said, and there was a situation several years ago, and she needed a little bit of cash really fast. And international wires from the U.S. are expensive, 75 bucks just to start the wire up. It takes three days. And, and her girlfriend at the time you know, was doing some trading in Bitcoin. I said, dude, just let me send it to you in Bitcoin. It'll be there in 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so that became a method for me. And I saw the huge benefit of it and how relatively simple it was, certainly with the European SEPA, I think it is. Uh, yeah. you know, so you can send to any uh, euro-based ac- account. Uh, uh, through the SEPA system, wow! I mean, that was that was revolutionary, fast, much cheaper, uh, and I felt secure about it. Although the first five times I did that, I would send ten bucks. Did you get it? Okay, I'm gonna try. The, let me send the rest. Dude, I, I all, still do that. I still of do course, that. Wait, I'm gonna send this big, big chunk. I want to make sure it arrives. You crazy? <laughs> I still do that. I, I just uh, do. You know what? I I copy and paste every time. Just Control C, Control uh, V. I copy and paste. I, every time right still now and i've I've never ever won i got one wrong and i must have done over a thousand transactions now but still if if it's like if it's at least like uh up to a bitcoin even maybe half a bitcoin these days no i just i just tried 10 bucks first just just in case yeah yeah (laughs) i i'm all in on that i'm all in do you know what they need to do they need to do a um they need to write something into it whereby you send the transaction but the first ten dollars gets in there first. Once it's done, you can say, "Okay, send the rest." Yeah, you get you get six confirmations. It sends the rest. Yeah, yeah. Once you've seen it, you're happy with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. so sec- but second time around, like for you, it was a way of it was still just a way of receiving money. But I think with everything else that's happening now, like are, are, are all like the stars starting to align for you now with conspiracies around what's happening with uh, China and money and the CBDCs? Is that bringing you to a place you're like, ah? Um, well, no. Um, so in podcasting now, podcasting for me started with a simple, I've been a radio guy all my life. I wanted to be able to broadcast on the internet and I actually was doing stuff on the M bone back in the, in the, in the late eighties, early nineties. And people can look that up. What that was, I was a multicast backbone. Um, you know, all the streaming stuff, tried all of that. And the biggest problem with with uh, any kind of media, I'm talking, uh, now we're talking 99, 2000. Uh, I was living in Amsterdam at the time, and we had cable modems, which are, you know, were great because it was always on. Some younger people may not remember this, but 
you literally had to dot, you know, use your phone line and no one could call. So always on yeah, exactly. So always on was great, but you weren't really getting that much more bandwidth. It was cable modem. The infrastructure was new. There was just still a lot going on. Bandwidth was expensive, but it was always on. And so if you wanted to uh, watch a video or listen to an MP3, you had to click and wait. Click, wait. You could see the little dial, whatever it was. And then uh, oh, finally it plays. So I wanted to eliminate that experience. And the way I figured it out is, well, if your cable modem's always on, why not have a little program running in the background that checks a certain uh, control file, if there's something new there, download it, and then tell me when it's on the computer. And I convinced Dave Weiner, who was doing RSS at the time, this was 2000, I went to New York, it took me a couple days, I convinced him, that became the enclosure element in RSS. And we played with that for several years, just because we could, but there was no adoption, no one was using it, there was no, no reason for it, really, we hadn't quite figured it out, until I saw the iPod. Mm-hmm. And I saw that white little box, the, the first ones, and I'm like, oh, that's, that's not a jukebox. That's not a, a digital Walkman. That's a radio receiver. And so I created an Apple script, which I'm not very good at coding at all, that would look at the RSS feed, uh, see if there was um, an enclosure, basically like an email with an attachment, download it, pop it onto the iPod, and then refresh the playlist, and there you go, and here's your new show. And that start off podcasting. So um, in 2006, Steve Jobs asked if I wanted to meet him, which I said, I'll see if I have time Thursday. Give me a second. Uh, And uh, so so I I met with him and for an hour, it was a a very interesting conversation. And he essentially wanted my blessing um, to put podcasting into iTunes and roll it out officially. And I also gave him the index that we had started to create, the the index of all podcasts around the world. And it was quite a few at the time. And so they became kind of the default place where you enter your podcast. And it turns out that running an index is a lot of work. And, you know, RSS feeds are, quite honestly, junk. It's uh, no one adheres to the standard. There's all these exceptions you have to be careful for. I mean, we've seen stuff in feeds where album art is 10 megabytes. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are just crazy because people make mistakes and it's not clear. And, you know, the tools uh, just haven't been refined enough in most cases. So they were kind of the default index. And because uh, running an index is very hard, takes a lot of machines, a lot of attention, People, you know, and Apple, great stewards of podcasting, they allowed people to access their database and get the pertinent information so they could create apps. So we, and, but there's really no incentive for uh, app developers to create an app because you're kind of just creating it and you're not in the deal flow. You're not in any advertising money. So the only thing you might do is compete on features, but you're still relegated to banner ads to make money or, um, uh, maybe some features people uh, do an in-app purchase for, but it's not a very rewarding development process. And I'd never have to think about this because this is really, I've always been on the transmitter end. I got a transmitter, I got a microphone, I can broadcast. Never had to worry about radios. My God, there's radios everywhere. Everybody has a radio. But it turns out that there's no incentive to make radios. There's less and less radios and just a few players have it. Apple being the predominant one and then Spotify and iHeart and, 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 and other uh, entities coming in and basically trying to hijack the whole system away, saying we have the only radio in town, and oh by the way, we're o- we're only going to take transmissions this way, so you can only listen to it on our service. 
But it started with, uh, interestingly, Alex Jones, who also lives here in Austin, and he got deplatformed off of Apple. Uh, now, why Apple did that, it was you may you may or may not recall, but this was like an overnight, and, and all Silicon Valley companies simultaneously deplatformed Alex Jones. So what happened was his his podcast went away on Apple, but on many others because they're all kind of sucking off of the same database. Now, you may or may not agree with Alex Jones. I don't care. It's free speech, and free speech should be out there within the limits of what I believe are appropriate, which is the U.S. Constitution, uh, um, and there are some limits uh, legally. But in general, there should be no reason for him to be taken off, and the only solution to speech you don't like is more speech in my mind. But these are not, Apple are not assholes. They have a business to run. And if people are pressuring them because they're running something that their shareholders or customers or whatever don't like, they will remove it in a heartbeat. And that is most of what cancel culture is. Cancel culture works by going after the advertisers. You don't deplatform someone by just saying, hey, you suck, uh, hey, company A, take that guy off. No, you have to go after the advertisers. And the advertisers, they don't want it. They don't want any controversy, anything, and that's how you get taken off. So I saw the need for an index that was apart from Apple and hopefully could be uh, decentralized, either you know IPFS or you know a version of the blockchain, whatever it is, it can be done. But first we have to build it. We have to take it back, which we've done successfully over the past almost three months. We've taken back the index. We have the same size. We have actually more because we have the things that have been taken down. You can submit immediately. We now also have a plethora of apps with new features that people have been waiting on for 10 years because you had this conundrum of Apple had, if Apple didn't uh, uh, adopt something, then the people who, make, who host your, your podcast and do your feed wouldn't implement it. So we just went right through it and said, screw it. There's 40% left of the market. We'll do these features. Now we have uh, chapters, transcripts, we have uh, captions, we have uh, host tags, guest tags. All these things are being implemented by many, many apps. All the shit I need. Well, exactly. This is exactly yeah. what you need. And it's working now. And we have, we have more and more apps coming online. But I realized that the, so there's two issues. One, we needed to have this because Joe Rogan went to Spotify. Mm -hmm. And Joe's a friend. Uh, and I'm very, very happy for him, but I'm sad because he leaves a vacuum. And who is the biggest vacuum for? The app developers, man. If you go to open up any podcast app, Joe Rogan's face is the first to greet you. Now, that's because it's a lot of audience. They, so they, the app guys lose one of their biggest draws when Joe finally closes shop and, and is on Spotify exclusively. Mm -hmm. So we need to have an incentive to have the next five Joe Rogans teed up outside of that wall. I'm ready. Yes. Yeah, well, you, you certainly can qualify. Um, <laughs> so um, for that, you need to have an incentive. And the first thing we did yeah. is features, and we built out the index with all the things people wanted, more than they wanted. So you don't have to implement anything. It's all optional. So the features brought developers in. And I know that the next part of the problem is payment processing. Um, yep. PayPal, we platform people, MasterCard, mm -hmm. which the processing behind a lot of these systems. They've deplatformed people. If, if you're uh, debanked, literally, or unbanked by uh, Plaid Networks, which is the middleware between Venmo and Cash App and all these different mm -hmm. uh, systems, 
then you then you're gone. You cannot take money anymore. And the only thing left is obviously Bitcoin. And um, with my renewed interest several several years ago, I've been following. Um, and I was talking, I actually was talking to Dennis about it. Dennis says, you got to look at this lightning shit. Yeah, so I look at lightning and I, and I, un- and I start to understand the key send protocol and how the real time, uh, system works. And I just drew it on a piece of paper and said to Dave Jones, he and I started the project, dude, can we build this? And we looked at it and we kicked it around and said, yeah, it's not that hard really. And we just have a very, a simple implementation, not based on pay to play, but more play to pay which we can get into. And, and I know that that will work because we've proven through donation models of PayPal, Patreon, many other different ways that a percentage, probably 1% of all podcast listeners can be converted to giving uh, money directly to the podcast they support. So mm-hmm. um, that's the donation model. I like the pledge model. So instead of, I'm going to give you 50 bucks uh, for all the stuff you did this past week or what I think you're going to do, why not actually turn it into a real value for value system? So if I'm listening to a podcast, clearly I find some value in it because I'm listening and it may be very low, but I'm listening and, Uh and I can assign whatever value I want to it. Wouldn't it be great if simultaneously you could send that exact value that the listener or viewer has back to the creator? And, and so we implemented that. Um, and the idea, the, the basic calculations are in the United States, there's 100 million people who listen to podcasts. This is IAB number. Mm-hmm. So take that for what it is. Um, they listen to an average of one hour uh, podcasts per day. So now you have, if you take 1%, the 1% we want to convert of the 100 million, you now have a million dollars a day that can flow through podcasting. That's just 1%. Uh-huh. Um, so the way you do it is you uh, build into the system, which is what we did, automatic splits. So you, so you support the entire infrastructure all the way down the line. So you have 100%, which we just said, make it, make it $1 an hour. That, that's your million dollars, $1 an hour. I think most people value podcasts much higher, but let's just say it's one. That's fine. So you set your slider to, um, you know, what is it, uh, 130 sats a minute. And uh, after uh, 60 minutes, you'll be close to about a dollar. 98% of that goes to the person who creates the podcast. 1% goes to the app you're listening to that show on at that moment, which conveniently will also be a wallet. And 1% goes to the podcast index for the resolution and routing of the value blocks and and basically for uh, maintaining the split. What's cool about the system is that the podcaster who now has 98% of, of, uh, of the money coming into their wallet can also predetermine, I have a co-host, so I want 50% to go to my co-host or 40% to me, 40% to my co-host, 10% to this great guy who promotes the hell out of the show and 10% to my investor who uh, set me up with some cash to, uh, to get going in the beginning. And it comes directly from the listener's wallet, goes straight to all those different wallets. It doesn't go through the index, doesn't go through anybody else. It's straight payments in real time. Brilliant. Right. I've got, I've got so many questions. Okay, good. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to do this from my position. I want to sign up. I want to use this. So there's no way I can be deplatformed from this. Well, th- that's a good question. There's no institution uh, that can deplatform you. 
And I mean, literally, if you at its very core, its very basics, you can edit, hand edit your RSS feed, put in your value blocks, and as long as there's um, a player out there that in, you know, includes a, a wallet for a listener, it'll work. Uh, you don't need anybody else. That's literally between you and the app that is playing it, which you could create the app yourself too. I mean, all the code is there. It's anyone can do it. Um, that's okay. a little overbearing for most apps because mm -hmm. of, of the previously mentioned RSS infrastructure. It takes a lot to parse those feeds and have everything working kind of fast in a mobile app. That's why we have the index. The index will hand off that information quickly through the API and you can be on your merry way. So okay. the literally deplatforming is, unless the internet goes down, is yeah, not yeah. possible. Where, so where do where do I host my files? Do I still use something like Libsyn, still, or do I? You, you still use. You, it was very important to us that we don't. I mean, there's been many many tries at this, mm -hmm. and it all involved throwing out throwing out the old architecture. Well, that's not going to happen. This is bootstrap on top. So the only thing you need to do is add some extra code into your RSS feed. Everything else stays the same. However, I will say it's interesting that uh, I think some of the hosting companies will eventually say, you know what, why don't you give us 10% of your, of your wallet fee, of your per minute fee, and we'll, uh, and we'll scrap the hosting for you. Next up, I talked to Adam more about podcasting with Lightning. But before that, I have a message from my amazing show sponsors. Okay, first up today, we're going to talk about sportsbet.io, the best in online gaming. Have you checked them out yet? Have you been over to sportsbet.io? Well, with a big weekend of sports... And with the Masters on, I took a little bet on Tiger Woods to win at 35-1. to 1. Feeling good about it after his first round. It was a nice four-under. It could have been higher. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. But Sportsbet.io don't just have the golf. They don't just have football. They have a whole range of sports for you to get a bet on if you're interested this weekend. So go and check them out. They also have so many different promotions for new people joining the site. That's all available at Sportsbet.io forward slash promotions. And that's S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O forward slash promotions. And last today, but not least, is Casa, the best in Bitcoin security. Now, listen, I have been speaking to a lot of you about Casa recently. Pretty cool. Thanks for reaching out. The DMs, the emails I've been getting. As I'm a customer, I know some of you have questions. And listen, Bitcoin is mooning hard. We're at now, look, I'm looking over, $16,223. We're just hovering around $10,000 recently. Some of you are seeing your portfolios going up. Some of you may see your Bitcoin portfolios grow into a really, really valuable amount of money over the next year. So security is not one of those things you want to leave to the last minute. You want to get that shit sorted now. Now, with Casa, I signed up, and it's really cool. It stops me messing things up. It prevents me from attacks by hackers, in-person attacks, device failures, and so many other things. And now with Casa, they have a whole bunch of products. They've got one for every type of Bitcoiner. So with Casa Gold, you get triple the security of a hardware wallet, and that's only $10 a month. With Casa Platinum, you get their three or five multi-sig, the best protection for large Bitcoin holders, and that comes at a great price. And with Casa Diamond, you get their full service offering, including a customized personal security review, inheritance planning, and of course, their best-in-class security. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. Find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Okay, is there a chance, like, I, I tell you what would happen with mine. I know some people, because I have ads on my podcast, mm -hmm. and I allow people on Patreon, if they sign up on Patreon, they get I send them an ad-free version. But ideally, uh -huh. 
I would just upload both together. If somebody was in the player, they could just either pledge and have the ad free version or go with the ad. a bit like Spotify does. If, yeah, are, are you, yeah you, you could you could this this doesn't preclude advertising. I personally think advertising is censorship. So I feel that if you rely on advertising and I you know and so you have Kraken as one of your main advertisers. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I'm sitting here busting on Kraken and promoting some other business, you're gonna get a pro, you're gonna get a call. Well, do you know what the funny thing is? But maybe not, but you understand yeah. the point. You understand yeah, the point. Yeah, I, I, th- I think in different industries, I think I'm probably in the one industry where I kind of get away with it. But but I know, what, I know what you mean. I mean, I would love to get to a stage where I don't have sponsors, but it's been so much harder to try and get revenue. Like in my, in my peak, I think 2% when I really pushed it was non-sponsorship. It's just really hard. But yeah. I think sometimes that comes down to your choice as the sponsors you choose. Because I've turned down a lot of sponsors. Like all the shitcoin sponsors, they they can fuck off. Yeah, you know what the beauty is of of podcasting for rolling out a technology like this yeah. is you need zero marketing, and the reason mm-hmm. why is because you know. So we're just starting now and being very careful. I've I've messed up my feed. We have like one point four million people sucking off my feeds, and so you know when I screw it up, man, it's bad. It's <laughs> yeah, bad. dude. Like. I got three to this episode three times. You know, I was like, okay, so you got to, because not every app works according to standard. You change something, it can mess stuff up. But what's beautiful is if you implement it yeah. and you say, hey, um, listen to the show. And, you know, you guys are kind of Bitcoiners anyway. Grab this, uh, this app, transfer some sats into it, and just start listening that way. That audience, you, you just marketed to, I didn't have to tell your audience that you told your audience. Conversely, those same people who hopefully will like this idea of supporting a show in real time with value for value will go to another podcast and say, hey, man, how come you're not enabled like this? So it markets itself. These things go very, very quickly. In, uh, and, and could it get any better where, you know, the Reese's peanut butter commercial where, you know, accidentally one guy with a chocolate bar sticks into someone else's peanut butter cup and like, oh, my God, what mm-hmm. a great combination podcasting and Bitcoin made for each other. And mm-hmm. exactly what I wanted is happening. And this happened with Sphinx Chat, uh, who just showed up out of the blue. Um, they have kind of a WeChat, Super Chat, which can do stuff, you know, payments. It's all based on Lightning. Uh, they saw what we were doing and, the, and they went, holy crap, we want to integrate. And now all the wallet people, we have thousands of wallets. And here's my experience with wallet. Cool, it works. What can I do? I can send some to somebody else. I can receive some. Oh, marketplace. Okay. No, I can buy a server. I can buy a t-shirt. It's crap, man. There's nothing of any interest. Now there's a reason for these mm-hmm. wallets. I see the wallet guys going, what? Hey, why wouldn't this be in Cash App? Come on, Jack Dorsey. Come on, Jack. I mean, Cash App is built for that. They have the Lightning API. It's already in there. We've all seen it. I mean, we know where Lightning Labs comes from. So why not turn Cash App into a podcast player? Yeah, there's somebody else you should probably talk to. The code is there. The index will let you do it free. Go ahead. Please enjoy. Do you know Jack Mallers, the strike guy? I know of him, yes. Of course I know of him. I think you and him should talk because he's done this thing, this strike thing, whereby they're using – I've been following. Yeah. So Because one of the interesting things when I was watching the video – um example of your of your player i was like oh this is super cool i always hate doing the um the conversion from sats to dollars in my head and some people yes i think some people could use this without even knowing they're using bitcoin with something like strike i don't know if it's too big a leap but i think you should talk to chat mallers 
it, well, it, so first of all, um, you know, the onboarding is not my job. All right, okay. So we'll, we'll integrate any way, anything, you know, whatever anybody wants, the easiest way to get people to show up with uh, a bag of gold or a credit card and, and turn that into lightning because you know there's still another step in there you can you can buy your bitcoin then you still have to get into lightning then you have to transfer the lightning to the wallet mm -hmm. so there's a lot of steps there but there's huge companies with good financing great plans who are, i mean we have coinbase cash app paypal is you know being pussy about it but they're pretending they're in you know so this is happening very slowly and and really and if you look at the boardrooms in america now you know, corporations with, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars in cash, they're basically just seeing their money wilt away. Boardrooms are now demanding that they put some money into Bitcoin because it's clearly mm -hmm. as an investment, as an asset, which I'm not that interested in, although over time, of course, it's being forced now because that actually is proving to have some value. So this is a second layer on Bitcoin. I think this is the reason why altcoins exist is because this we didn't have these secondary layers yet. Um, and I, I believe in, in, in the lightning system. I mean, are there problems? Yeah, all kinds of stuff is going to happen. We're going to break all over the place. But the adoption, you can already see it happening. And there are people already hand coding value blocks into their feeds. There's uh, web app guys who are learning lightning node um, today um, uh, at noon. Uh, we have the uh, the Sphinx guys are doing a webinar to, to help everyone understand how to integrate this. I mean, this is going very, very, very fast. And it's super exciting. Honestly, it can take years before it really delivers some hard, cold cash for people or something. But you know what? I look at my phone. Now, this is, uh, in this case, uh, I'm looking at uh, just a split. Um, but it's something very exciting. I'm going to bring it up here. Something very exciting about looking in your wallet. And I run a full node here at home, which is now trying to connect to. I was going to show you the log of where everything mm. comes in. It, it, you know, just here we go. Yes. So I got like, look at, I got sats, like three sats. And this, you know, we're in test mode now. So, but this could easily be 30 or 300. Yeah. And it goes on. It just, it goes on and on and on and on. And it's fucking exciting. How do I do it, it's man? Like, Listen, how do I get signed up? I just want to. US, but I'm like, yeah, you know, people are listening. This is great. How do I do it? How do I get signed up? When are you ready for me? Well, podcastindex.org mm -hmm. is, yeah. uh, is where you can, well, actually we have a, a Mastodon server which is uh -huh. podcastindex.social. Join up there because that's really, that's been the great part of the success of, uh, of this project. We don't just have a place where developers talk on GitHub, which we have. Anyone can come in and follow along. You know, there's every day someone's trying a new piece of code. So uh, you will very soon be able to claim your podcast podcaster wallet uh, which really means um, we will verify that the feed is yours because we can't have everybody just creating wallets and shit off of your feed. We'll mm -hmm. verify that. Uh, we'll send you uh, the code back that you need to enter into your RSS feed. And then you, and at that point, you're good to go. What we're doing now with Sphinx, instead of the, our reference implementation, is you go to claim your feed, you download their app, so their podcast player. You literally scan the QR code and boom, Everything's set up for you. You're good to go. That's your wallet. Sats can nice. start coming in the minute someone starts uh, playing your show. 
I want this as soon as it, I want. I want to be the first one. Have, have, you, have you not seen any of it? Because I can get you into the into the beta. I, I can get you into yeah, the beta. Yes, get me into the beta. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing I remember that. for five years in the UK. Beta. Beta. Where were you? Uh, well, it's like my name, Peter. Um, yes. where, where were you living in the UK? Were you in London? Uh, Gil- Guildford first. Oh, Guildford in Surrey. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Guildford's nice. It, yeah. I mean, I liked it. It was great for my daughter. We moved there when she was um, 14, 15. So she kind of came of age on the high street at the church grounds. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a very nice kind of environment, I felt. Although yeah, there's always issues and problems, of course. And, and of course, just understanding uh, culture is very different. But enjoyed that very much. And later we uh, moved to uh, Clapham. Clapham. Um, uh, yeah, Clapham Seat. Junction, but Clapham. Clapham where? Uh, right by the commons, right by the, the big, uh, the big oh, yeah, field yeah. there. Near yeah. Battersea. It's not, yeah. That, well, Battersea I've only seen from landing helicopters there, so I don't even know how far I it think, is. Am, am I confusing? No, I don't think oh, no, I th- right. No, I am no. Con- I'm confusing with Clapham Junction because I, I used to live in Battersea and I would get the tube from Yeah, Clapham, Clapham Junction, Junction is, uh, is one yeah. stop further south, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's really like right up against London, right up against yeah. the city. Well, I've seen the video. I mean, the video looks cool. I'm in. I want to do it. I want to be the yeah. first. Of course, I want to be the first. So let, let me get signed up with that. How else can I help you? Can I help you with this at all? Well, the, do, just doing this is fantastic, Peter. Thank you. It truly is. Look, I love the podcast community. I was a, I was a part of starting that uh, and building it up. And um, what I am just so blown away by is outside so we're living outside of we're literally kind of off the grid off of the mainstream grid we're communicating on our own social network software which is open source mastodon there's no no copyrights patents or anything expressly so on uh, podcast technology and then when you see the openness of the bitcoin community man we fit like that Mm -hmm. i mean the sphinx guys are like yeah, uh, we built all this and here's the code. It's on GitHub. You know, we build everything. We want to compete on features, on price, on speed, on design, on service. That's the way it should be. And we, we kind of all agreed as we were building this reference. If we wake up and one of us is a rich billionaire Silicon Valley guy, we fucked it up. Then we did something very wrong. And mm-hmm. right now, you know, I don't have a lock on it. Anyone can start an index and do exactly what we're doing. We actually give you the index for free. It's right there. It's on archive.org. Take it all, whatever you want. We uh, our our parsers. Uh, we have all. Everything is open source. And what what you find is that most people would rather contribute, make one place really good, have some ownership of it, than you know try and build something, lock it down. And really, by building it out in the open, you obviously you you make impossible. Um, any way for people to build something and close it all up. I'm sick of this Spotify shit, man. I'm sick of it. It's And, and pe- people are too afraid to stand up and say they came in and fucking stole everything. And I don't think it's going to work with or without streaming Bitcoin money. You're already seeing um, their top shows, Michelle Obama. Uh, they had to put it, they had to take it out of Spotify and put it everywhere because they weren't reaching the number of impressions they needed for the ads for their launch sponsor now they're testing the waters and talking about maybe we'll have a special subscription for some of these shows mm-hmm. it's not going to be it turns out you really need the whole podcast ecosystem if you really want the numbers you can't just do it by saying okay i mean sure you can buy joe rogan and they got joe and they got 
He has 10 million listeners. So let's say they can convert 8 million. Good job. Are they going to listen to all your other podcasts? No. No. Yeah, fact, it's funny you say that. I only use, I listen to Joe now on Spotify, but I don't use them for other podcasts. I still use, I actually still use Apple or Overcast. I'm kind of split between the two, um, but I don't use it. Um, and they, I know what you mean. It feels like they're trying to, they're trying to steal they're trying to steal the industry a little bit in some ways, but like put a, a little like, bit. No, put a wall, put a wall around it. The industry let that happen, and I'll blame myself again. I gave them the index, but that was the right way to go at the time, and it launched podcasting. For ten years, we've had RSS boards, we've had um, uh, groups, nonprofits, uh, foundations, all trying to move podcasting forward with very simple things like chapters. And the reason why is because there was this stalemate of hosting companies who basically make your feed just scrounging to get by. It's not, a, it's not like a huge money-making business necessarily. So for them to implement something, they, need, they, you know, they have to make business decisions. Well, you know, all I see is, is long conversations of, well, we need buy-in from Apple. And then you know, five years later, we need buy-in from Apple and Spotify and Stitcher. And we just went, no, no. Mm -hmm. Look at all these smart developers who will develop great apps. With I mean, we have clip features now. We literally can send someone a clip uh, on, from any podcast. You don't have to create the clip. It's all it's all very minor technical stuff. It just wasn't getting done, Peter. It yeah, wasn't man. Done. And, would, and seeing I, that happen is is beautiful. I do wonder what's going to happen with Rogan and Spotify. I, I've kind of got this feeling it's not going to last. Up. Well, I don't know what the, I mean. I wouldn't know what the contract's like, but. Like the what happened with that last Alex Jones episode where it kind of disappeared and came back felt like I know they said it was technical, but it felt too much of a coincidence because it was Alex Jones. And I just won because there's been a couple of things. And also, is he like I sometimes think like if he, if he ended up losing a bunch of subscribers, like is the money worth it that much? I do wonder what happened there. Well, the, this is you know, show. If, if, if the queen had balls, she'd be king, obviously, but. Um, I think he was doing okay, and, and you know, Joe's done very well for himself. Yeah. And uh, just looking at, I think he was probably doing a good six to eight million dollars a year. Just, and that's really from the podcast, YouTube money, not all that great. So, you know, obviously a huge improvement. But he's a, he's a different kind of guy. He's much more of a mainstream guy. He talks about his fans. See, I I think we have producers. We interact with our audiences differently. Now mm. he has an audience that he, for his own sanity, doesn't interact with, which is okay, although I think he's missing something. And I noticed that because once I went on his show, a lot of people came over who say, oh, here's another three-hour show I can listen to, but um, hey, I can interact with people, I can send in a donation, I can send in a note, there's more things I can do. Um, and you know, not every show Joe does is appropriate for every listener. The problem I see... So it's a from what I understand, I don't know all the workings of it. Uh, it's a licensing deal, so they do have the right to take off whatever they want. If they don't want to post something, they won't post it. And I, I that won't last long, dude. Uh, well, the CEO is is really diehard, and he's kind of like, you know what, you don't like it here, f off. That's not going to last forever. But the no. bigger problem is specifically the Alex Jones episode. I know both of these gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Joe was fact checking Alex every five minutes which slowed the show down to a, a, just a snail pace. And seriously, you're going to have Alex Jones, Tim Dillon, uh, Joe Rogan, 
and they're going to sit there and they're going to discuss the validity of 90% of scientists who say climate change is real based upon a web page that Jamie brings up. This is insulting to everybody, pro and con. It's fucking insulting. It's no good. That type of self-censorship is, it's going to be there. He, you know, so, I mean, I'm, I'm taking quite a lot of license. I'm using swear words on your podcast. I assume it's okay. I don't um, give a fuck. But, but just the idea that we can do that. And we can do whatever we want, say what we want, start what we want, how long we want it to be. That is the ultimate freedom. And mm-hmm. people hear that. And I think people also hear and feel when it's not entirely uncensored. When, when, and I think I'm seeing the, this fact-checking. And I'm like, wow, man. You know, it's like... <sighs> it just wasn't as fun. Look, I, I'm not a fan of Alex Jones, right? I don't. I think he spouts a lot of uh, nonsense. But at the same time, that first one, that four-and-a-half-hour show they did... I just took it as entertainment, right? I sure. watched it as entertainment because it was funny and I didn't take it serious. The second one was just a bit like, ugh. I, actually, I didn't even finish it. It was just a bit of a drag to get through. And I think that's one of the issues with that kind of self-censoring. I mean, you cannot deny much. that Alex Jones provides top-shelf entertainment, such as... Yeah. I don't like him putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! <laughs> I mean, the guy is entertainment. <laughs> he is entertainment. He is entertainment. Do you know what? I need to move out to Austin. I've got um. Oh, you'd be I, I more than get, welcome, my friend. I used to come every couple of months. I used to come every couple. I've kind of got a. She's just messaged me. I kind of got a girlfriend there. Like when I see her, when I'm out there, I go see her. We're gonna have dinner. I've got good friends there. Oh, I love hey, the place. Maybe you know her. Uh, just brandy. Just <laughs> do you do you um, brandy? She's a fine wine. What a great a wife brand, she would be. She, Brandy, Brandy's lovely. She's, um, she's, a, yeah, she's a, yeah. Anyway, beyond that, um, where are you, you now? Know the big, where, are you, where are you in the UK? I'm in Bedford, just uh, north of London, yeah, near is, Cambridge, sure. Luton. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you, do you know the Bitcoiners in Austin? Uh, actually, I went out to see the guys who have this huge operation, uh, a mining operation. Is that Gideon? No, they, mm, they just got bought by a German company. But they, so there's, there's this place okay. between Austin and uh, Houston, and it's literally where the, where the divide is in the grid between East Texas and West Texas, because we, oh, okay. we have a huge grid here. And they are right there on the grid and take 750 megawatts, a pipe as big as my head, wow. and they've got 60,000 uh, bitmain machines running. It's a phenomenal operation, and they're, wow. they're in, in the desert. <laughs> And it has to be because they're they're right on the switch, you know, so they've got all the power they want. And of course, they can manage it easily, you know, and they can switch from one source to the other. And the actual people developing in Austin Bitcoin stuff. No, I, I don't know. I'd love to meet people. I'd love to. Well, there's a few people that are there. Uh, Jimmy Song's out there. There's a guy from Unchained Capital. What I'll do after this, I'll do a couple of emails and introduce you to some people because oh, they, have be get, they have get-togethers. They go all go and have a steak or something. Um, but yeah. you should get to know them because there's a re- there's a, like a good, solid bunch. And there's more moving to Austin, right? I think people are fucking sick of California and whatever. And there's more yeah. moving to like uh, Austin and certainly Texas. I've been here Austin. 10 years waiting for y'all. So Dude. where are you doing? Hurry up. Honestly, if 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 there was a coronavirus, we'd be doing this in person. I used to come out to the states for like two to three weeks at a time, oh, nice. go to ten cities, and do all my interviews in person. But I have, yeah, I've been stuck here since. But when the planes are flying, I'll come out and I'll come. We'll come and hang out. And, but I will send some emails after this. I'll introduce you to some people. I appreciate that. And anytime, man, you're welcome. Anytime, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. And 
And in a broader sense, I appreciate what the Bitcoin community is. You know, and it's interesting because we released this video. You know, when I went on Rogan and, and I, I, I was making a joke, I mean, well, a joke, maybe not. I'm like, you know, the apocalypse is coming, Joe, and you're going to need a Bitcoin. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so immediately people are like, well, you don't even know Anantop and you don't know. What are you talking about? You have no right talking about this. And really, all I was doing was this joke. They're saying that all hell is going to break loose and you're going to need a Bitcoin. Yeah. It's just a joke, right? It's just a I joke. I know, dude. But Listen, I, I, well, from where with the circles I were in, we're like, wicked. Someone's talking about Bitcoin and Rogan. We need more Bitcoin. We need right. Rogan to be a Bitcoiner, right? I mean, it kind of makes sense. We need everyone to be a Bitcoiner. But listen, I appreciate you, dude. I thank you for coming on. Um, right, tell people where they can find out more about this. Where do you want them to go? What do you want them to mm -hmm. do? Let them know, man. So podcastindex.org is the main mm -hmm. site, and there's a menu there. You can log in as a developer. You can get credentials for the API if you're interested in developing. There's also the Mastodon, which anyone can join. Or you can just follow us. We're federated, so you, if, you, if you already have a Mastodon account, Follow Adam at podcastindex.social. Follow Dave at podcastindex.social. You'll you'll get most of the posts. You can always come over there and, and hang out. Um, and come and take a look at what we're doing. Jump in. You know, we've got developers all over the world. There's always someone doing something 24 hours a day, and there's a lot of excitement. All right, man. Well, listen, I want to get on board. Uh, thanks for having you on. Look, let's do this again in a few months. Hopefully, like I say, now we have a vaccine. And now you have a new president uh, before hey, the Chinese take you, over. You your digital passport, uh, you know, yeah, come on over. I'll come on over. I might not come back. To us. Honestly, I want to move out there. But listen, look, appreciate you doing this, man. And stay in My touch. Pleasure. Anything I can ever do, just reach out, dude. Really appreciate it, Peter. Thank you so much. All right, Adam. Peace out. All right. What did you think of that one? Did you enjoy that? Was it good to hear from Adam Curry? Would you support podcasters using Lightning? I think this has the potential to be some. Well, it doesn't have the potential to be something cool. It is really cool. I think it has the potential to be something that people really start picking up and using. Certainly in the Bitcoin space, not just the different revenue stream as the advertising model works for me, but the additional features that Adam wants to put in there. The kind of things that I I want, I need. When he was saying to me, to me, I was like, yeah, I know that. I need that, dude. Um, things like the ability to tag guests just makes sense, and also chapters. So I will definitely be checking this out when it is available. So big thanks to Adam for coming on the show and going through the idea. I think it's a really cool use case for Lightning. And thanks for listening. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. My email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. I think I will have Adam back on the show in the future, getting some other stuff. He's a super interesting guy. Anyway, again, thanks to everyone who supports the show, whatever you do. If you want to help me out, I am just asking for reviews on iTunes right now. They really help with the listings. It takes about two minutes. So if you enjoy the show, you want to leave me a review, please do that. Outside of that, check out my other show, Defiance. Episode 2 of Chaos is out. Follow the leader. That's um, been getting some cool reviews on the YouTube channel so far. I think people are enjoying that. That's it, defiance.news. Outside of that, have a cracking weekend, and I will see you all next week. <laughs>